we went to on podcast and Microsoft podcast where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Cream Anderson, and I'm joined by David Allen. Hey, folks, how everybody doing? Uh, we have uh, a very short podcast for you today. We're going to try and run through it because we have things to do, ladies and gentlemen. Not to say that you're not important, but uh, we got to get on with our weekend. So do you. So uh, we're going to start with our headlines. Uh, what's our first headline? Well, we've got some games coming to Game Pass. Dip, boy, I missed that up right off the bat. We've got some, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we've got some Game Pass games coming to NVIDIA GE Force now. So Microsoft has strengthened their partnership with GE Force now, as we had talked about in previous weeks. This is likely due to the Activision Blizzard merger. So you're getting. Death Drop, Grounded, No Man's Sky, Mountain Blade 2 is kind of where we're starting. And those were available as of yesterday, August 24th. And I think you said something along the lines of there was a No Man's Sky update as well that people needed to check out. Yeah, it's a big update. You guys can go check that out. Uh, glad that Microsoft is expanding to uh, their games on other platforms, especially in lieu of the big Starfield release, I believe, which uh, will be, is it next week or week after next? Um, and well, the, if you're a pre-order person, I think you get it on the 31st. So that would be in the next week. Okay, well, look out for both of those amazing, expansive uh, space games. Uh, I have some business news. Uh, so I'm gonna pause it for a second on all the fun things. Uh, we have Microsoft 365 Roadmap, which was announcing nine major updates for Microsoft Viva uh, Pulse, uh, which is a feedback solution for teams, uh, leaders, and managers to obtain immediate insights on the team's performance. Uh, things we got, uh, we got organization-wide customizations, we have a wider reach, scheduled rescinding, uh, creation scratch, teams integration, flexible end dates, and question libraries, email interactions, and policy integrations. Uh, you know, most of these things are basically uh, they're offering templated versions to make things interactions uh, versus using Vivo Pulse, so Vivo Pulse requests, things like that, more automated. So uh, those will be coming to people, I believe, um, starting in December. These were put on the roadmap in this month in August. Uh, for those of you who are, I suppose, insiders or work with partners uh, regularly, I'm sure you're going to be getting access to this uh, at the latest by next month. Uh, so you can start preparing for that as an IT admin. Uh, we hope that these things are great for Vivo Pulse users. I didn't even know what that was until we wrote about it this week. So I hope you, I hope these are things that you guys want or have at least requested. So uh, look out for it. What else we got? I'm going to jump on the business train here for just a minute before we go back to the fun stuff. Microsoft is talking about the future of Microsoft Teams. And I know we have brought this up with the new Teams that has came out in the last couple of weeks that things are a little more streamlined. It's a little bit quicker, a little less bloated. So I'm hoping despite all these new add-ins such as Copilot for Teams phones is coming here soon where you can schedule your calls. You can also be able to share your minutes with your team members. So think of it as your family cell phone plan. That will also be an option. And you will also be able to collaborate your notes 
using Copilot in your Teams meeting with your Teams members. My one suggestion to Microsoft is we see this collaboration process. We know you're trying to pile everything in there. But please, 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 Microsoft, don't bloat Microsoft Teams where it takes five minutes to load every time. We would appreciate that. I think Microsoft just put on their headphones as soon as you started talking. I don't think they were doing that. So we'll, we'll hope that we'll hope that they uh, eventually get around to uh, making sure that it maintains slim. Uh, or maybe they'll just need a kick in the butt when, like, you know, Slack makes a much slimmer version or something. Could be. Uh, we got Microsoft launching uh, Edge for Business for those of you who are IE uh, users clinging on to that usage still and worshiping at the altar of ActiveX. Maybe this will finally persuade you to, to leave. Uh, Microsoft, uh, earlier this week, uh, announced Microsoft Edge for Business, which is its very boring name. Uh, it was originally scheduled for uh, August 17th, but it looks like it took them a little bit longer just to release it, maybe for security reasons. One of the main features is automatic switching between work and personal browsing that keeps work and personal data separate, including caches and storage collection or storage locations. Microsoft emphasizes uh, Edge's ability to ward off cyber attacks. Uh, and it's, I guess you're also going to be able to use this on your browsers, on your mobile devices. So if you have iOS or Android, you can connect those same uh, profiles, those work and business profiles, uh, sorry, work and personal profiles on your mobile devices. Uh, regarding interface changes, there aren't very much. It looks identical to Edge as is. Uh, there will be a new badge that just says uh, Microsoft for Business. Uh, for those of you who uh, use Microsoft Intra IDs, you'll be automatically signed in. Uh, as soon as I guess you have this on your device and you log in for the first time or open it. Uh, IT administrators will be able to control policies, configurations, and Edge for business through Microsoft Edge Management Service. Uh, we mentioned uh, in a conversation previous to this about how Microsoft's catching up to Chrome finally and, and allowing the ease of use between profiles. This allows fewer windows on your desktop, which is always nice. Uh, you can save up a little bit of RAM, uh, and you can also just uh, finally pick one or the other if this is what was one of the reasons why you were using Chrome for one thing and Edge for another. You'd now be able to kind of, you know, just choose one side and, and use both profiles for that. What else we got? Let's see. We've got this one was a little confusing to me. We have the Sony PlayStation Portable Remote Handheld is set to launch later this year for $199. Now, when I first read that, I thought, great. We've got a Steam competitor, a ROG Ally competitor for $199. Hold on. Maybe I need but... to go. Yeah, maybe I need to go join the Sony ecosystem, but ah, there it is. We had guess what, folks? It's just an in-home streaming device. There's no 5G, no 4G, no nothing. You can stream on the same Wi-Fi network as your existing PlayStation games. Because guess what? It, yeah, boo, big boo. Because. It has to use your existing PlayStation library and your existing PlayStation to stream those games. It does not even work with the PlayStation Cloud Gaming Service. So, for as we had mentioned, I think Sony is testing the hardware idea here. Um, but for the folks that need another in-home streaming device, hey, there you go. $199 will get you one. But if you want to do it with an Xbox, you can do it on a tablet. You can do it on any device by just clicking download and the app is free. And I'll leave it at that. 
this is a bit of a head scratcher. Um, I don't know what Sony's attention is for this device. If it's just trying to dust off the cobwebs from the PS Vita team or whatnot, maybe they're just trying to get into making uh, handheld gaming consoles. Maybe this, again, this is the first gen, limited capabilities, next gen, add a little bit more, gen after that, add a little bit more until we get to where we wanted them to be in 2023. Uh, I think you got one more headline for us. Let's see. What to have uh so no, we've I think got that's it. It. Well, Yep, that's it. That's yep. it, my friend. I think I think we're gonna get into our main discussion, which is also about gaming. Uh we had Gamescom this week and we had uh Phil Spencer just rattling off about things. But before we jump into that, we have to uh preface a lot of this conversation um in the shadow of Microsoft's big move to uh basically divest itself from uh, Activision's cloud streaming service. Uh, they have positioned or propositioned the uh, CMA with an agreement that will uh, basically give Ubisoft uh, cloud streaming license rights uh, for the next 15 years in perpetuity uh, while they kind of take the other sections of Activision Blizzard. What this really means is that they will uh, basically give Ubisoft uh, the rights to any games that will be put on cloud streaming on any platform that come from Activision Blizzard uh, that were established now and going forward. So the next Call of Duty will still be, uh, you know, made by Activision Blizzard. Microsoft will potentially own that. If you want to do a direct download, or if you want to go to GameStop and buy a disc yourself, you'll still be able to do that. Microsoft will get proceeds from that. Uh, but if they were decided to say, you know what, day and date, we're going to offer it on Game Pass, with this new deal in place uh, to appease the CMA, they will have to allow, they will have to basically give it to Ubisoft, then rent it from Ubisoft as everybody else will have to do at the exact same time. So Call of Duty going on Game Pass means that Call of Duty goes on whatever version PlayStation has, uh, whatever uh, NVIDIA has been using, whatever, um, uh, what are the other ones? Uh, I think it, Trying some name, oh, Boosteroid, uh, Ubitus, and Inware. Uh, they will all basically go to Ubisoft and say, hey, we would like to license that game to put on our cloud streaming service. What is the price for it? Ubisoft will say, hey, you know, whatever the price is per usage, this is what the flat rate is. And Microsoft will have to pay that, even though they may, you know, could potentially own the company that makes it. That is how they are making this seem on the up and up for the CMA going forward. Uh, we will see where that takes them, uh, how, you know, what this means for the company going forward. We know that cloud streaming was, you know, a priority of theirs, but it's not as big as we thought it was. Uh, we found out during this court proceeding, uh, making mobile games is what's big for them. And I believe that is what Spencer talks about. And I think you can jump into that as well, as far as our game, our Gamescom coverage. Yep, looks like um, now that we're getting the Activision Blizzard uh, merger out of the way, finally, maybe by October, we'll get this thing finalized. Um, looks like there could be an Xbox mobile game store starting in 2024 at some point in time. With the idea being that these games will be available on mobile. For example, Call of Duty and Diablo were brought up specifically. And when you first think about it, you say, well, Call of Duty is already on mobile. You're right. But it's a stripped down version. Or a arcade style of game is probably the best way to put that what phil is referring to here is getting the real diablo and the real call of duty 
out in people's hands on these mobile platforms finally taking advantage of these $1,700 phones such as the Galaxy Z Fold 5 that you're reviewing we can start taking advantage of these hardware start taking advantage of these 5G networks start taking advantage of these bigger screens and play bigger you know the, the real titles on mobile platforms that's something I can't wait to see yeah, uh, we mentioned that uh, Microsoft was after the, the mobile aspect, which is the King version that always gets cut off in the titles when you hear about this acquisition. So it's Activision Blizzard. Its full title is Activision Blizzard King. Uh, they have a distribution platform for getting things onto mobile. Microsoft is after that. Uh, that'll be a very key uh, part in uh, this mobile platform for next year. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to develop as quickly the full versions on mobile because, again, they're going to have to basically kind of rewrite the whole game for mobile. But what we might be seeing in at least the next uh, uh, month or, or I mean the next year or so are companion apps that make much more sense than just saying here is, uh, you know, a map or here is, you know, instructions on how to kind of create a gun. So you will be getting maybe top down versions of strategy games kind of like they did with Halo Strike. I think it was called that. Yeah. Uh, or I think what was the mobile version that they had for Gears of War, which I thought was pretty fun. We might be getting those because of license to those properties now to kind of make that kind of stuff. I don't remember off the top of my head what the title of that game was, but I did play it. I think the game is Pop, right? Gears of War is Pop or something like it was a Pop game or something like something that. Something like that. So uh, now that they potentially could have license to those games, they can start making those campaign expansion uh, experiences for those games. The other thing we have is uh, Microsoft, uh, Phil says, don't expect any price drops anytime soon. I think we got our last one about two months ago. Uh, they came out with a new version of the Series S, which I think was at the same price, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I think it was up 50 bucks, $300 for a one terabyte version in all black. But that is gonna be the last thing we see as far as prices shifting, even for the upcoming holiday season. Uh, his quote was, you're not going to be able to start with a console at $500 thinking it's going to get down to 200 bucks. That won't happen because the core components that we use, they're just, you know, it's, we believe in Moore's laws and it, you know, most things will shoot up into the right, but you know, the components that they're using, you just can't buy them anymore as a hardware maker because nobody's making that kind of RAM for those components. So they're not selling at scale enough to make it cost friendly. Uh, it's not, it's not the way it used to be where you could just, uh, take a spec and then write it up for over 10 years and write that price down, uh, in points. Uh, it's why you see console prices staying relatively flat. So for those of you that are like, I'm going to wait to get the next uh, bundle or console offering, ain't going to be happening anytime soon. So if you're sitting on that money, you might as well spend it, is what he's saying. Unfortunately, no discount for you, but I, I don't disagree with his reasoning here. In order to make a premium console, you've got to have proprietary parts, and those proprietary parts are not mass-produced, so the cost savings is only going to get so far. Well, and it seems like they kind of knew that this is going to happen, or at least reach to this point, which is why they made the S. He references that prices aren't coming down. We see it now, and that's why we did the Xbox Series S. Uh, so instead of everyone forcing everyone to pay $499 for the Series X, you can go pay anywhere between 220 bucks and 300 dollars to get a console that does relatively well uh, a little bit better than even last year's consoles uh as far as performance is concerned and get you know access to all the games uh and still have a great time so that seems to be where he's coming from uh, as far as console variations in pricing just go get the series s 
You know, I've got the Series S, and I, I will throw this in there. I'm very happy with it. It's a 1440p it's a- with the with the occasional upscaling to 4K as possible with some games. And, you know, I've got it on a um, 1440p high refresh rate monitor. And for me, it's perfectly fine. Now, I understand there are those folks out there that want the high fidelity every second. You want 4K60 and everything you do and everything you play. But I think for most gamers that, that are, you know, mom and dad, are still carrying the lunch pail to work the xbox series s is the perfect way to get into this ecosystem because once you're in you've got access to cloud gaming and all these nice other things that you talk about and that's the way i look at it a 200 250 investment gets you into the ecosystem and then you can choose what you want to do after that speaking of which uh spencer goes on to talk about the future of the Series S. Uh, and he says, uh, I don't see a world where we drop the S. Uh, I want to make sure games are available on both. Uh, yes. Both. That's our job as a platform holder. We're committed to it with our partners, despite all of their grumblings. I did the last part. Uh, people who are upset about uh, the S potentially holding back developers from creating these next-gen console uh, gaming experiences. But uh, as we said, this is an entry point for people to add more people to gaming as a whole industry than to just kind of uh, hold it exclusive to people who have a substantial amount of uh, extra income uh, or have higher gaming taste or requirements, uh, so to speak. Uh, one of the issues I think recently we were running into was Boulder Gates 3, uh, which is a, you know an amazing RPG that everyone's kind of raving about. Uh, when they talked about releases, they mentioned uh, uh, P, uh, PC and PlayStation 5. and Obviously, uh, Xbox fans were upset about that. They've come out and said since then that it will eventually come out on S, uh, S and X. Uh, just going to take a little bit more time because of the Series S. But the plus side is Xbox gamers will still get it. And people who pay $200 or 250 or whatever to get their Series S will not have a chance at it. You don't need to go buy a new PC. You won't need to buy a PlayStation 5. You just have to sit and wait a little bit. Uh, and this is the benefit of the Series S uh, for some people. Uh, last bit of news we got. What do we got? Well, we got for us old folks out there. Um, I was a beta tester for the Xbox 360, so I'm kind of dating my age here a little bit. Um, Microsoft has announced that the Xbox 360 store will be closing down soon. I don't see the actual date here. Do you know the date off the top of your head? I don't know the date, uh, but I want to say last time I saw I, I think it actually uh, next year, next year in July. So there we go. So basically what, what you can do here is most of the games that were popular on Xbox 360 have been put into the backwards compatibility program. And you can play those games still on your new Xbox Series X or your Series S. Now, some of them have been put through an upscale process. I forget the buzzword that Microsoft put on that at the particular point in time to where you can play some of those games at 1440p and even 4K. But long story short, you can still play most of those on the PC as well. That you know that that's also a positive. The other thing to that is, I guess sometimes 
good things have to be put to rest, and it's time to move on to the current generation. I mean, it's also technically a win-win for Microsoft in the most cynical way, because what Spencer says, for most of this, and I'm paraphrasing, is these games will be available on PC. They have been made available on PC. Xbox tries to make uh, as many games available on PC as possible. So if you can't get them uh, on the console itself through backwards compatibility, uh, and you can't get them through Steam, get them through. The PC will have access to an emulator and you will still be able to play your games. And again, as long as you're playing the game, uh, Windows is, what, 70% of PCs in general in the market these days. Microsoft still gets their cut, so to speak. Uh, you still get to play the game. So uh, if you are sad about this, you have about a year to figure out your, op- your, your options to get, I believe it's 220 games you listed that are not backwards compatible. I don't know if they'll have that list will go down by this year, by next year, by the end of this, if they're working on those numbers or if it's going to stay 220. But if any of those games that you were a fan of, like Bubble Bobble or something like that, that doesn't make it to... Uh, this list, try it on Steam, uh, try it in an emulator. Either way, it might be available on your laptop, which is probably far more powerful than what the Xbox 360 was 12, 13 years ago. And I still can't get the title that started Xbox Live off. I still cannot get Mechasalt on the backwards compatibility list or on my PC. I'm telling you, emulator, it's out there, my friend. You need to find it. Uh, And that brings us to the end of our podcast. Uh, It was, like I said, a relatively short one. Uh, You know, we're in the dog days of summer, so news is far and in between these days. But we want to thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, Before we wrap it up, we want to kind of give you a a preview of what we're going to be reviewing, uh, kind of hardware we're getting into. I have the Samsung Fold 5, Samsung Flip 5, thanks to AT&T. They sent those over, so I'm currently reviewing those. I gave my initial impressions. They can go be found on the website. Uh, I am also wrapping up meaning I need to write out. I already have all my notes and everything organized. The, no- the Lenovo Slim 9i14 and 16-inch reviews. Uh, spoiler alert, micro-LED is the future for displays and Microsoft needs to get on board. Hopefully, that's what they'll be talking about in September. Uh, I also have the Dell Touch 24 monitor, which is the Surface Studio-esque tech monitor, the one that swivels and hinges. Dell's released a couple of these in the, in the past. This is the most recent one. So if you're a fan of the Surface studio laptop but not the computer itself this might be an option for you i'll be reviewing the czur sirs i believe is what it pronounces smart 1080p uh, 1080p led uh projector uh and then for those of you who are looking to upscale your conferencing uh, video conferencing or hosting a podcast or streaming uh the fifine k688 uh, microphone uh, and that really has the USB XLR dynamic mic with uh, shock mount uh, and touch mute bu- uh, buttons and a headphone jack. Uh, and the Fifine uh, BM88 boom arm. So uh, you know, kind of position where you need to and stuff like that. I'll let you know what those are like uh, next in the upcoming weeks. For me, I have just recently, as of yesterday, gotten in a new Lenovo ThinkBook, which was referred to as the Lenovo Twist at CES of 2023 um, earlier this year. So I'm very excited to see what that is about. I've got, um, I'm a little behind on the Robo Encala 2-in-1 
review. I've been under the weather this week, so that will post early next week for you guys. If you're looking a Surface Pro alternative, let me give you a tip. If you can wait till Monday or Tuesday of next week, you can certainly go check that out. I'm going to make that suggestion to you. I've also got the Ace Magician Mini PC. So if you're thinking about a mini PC, yes, I'm really talking a mini PC here. It is a fully functional PC that is about the size of a Roku box. Yes, folks. Uh, right now, I have it running with three monitors connected to Ethernet ports. have no problem, so I'm excited to bring you that review. And I'm also working with Synology, which is a NAS maker for those that are familiar with network attached storage. Their products do interface well with Microsoft 365 Cloud. They interface well with Google Cloud. You can use those products to back up your Microsoft Cloud without paying the extra Microsoft fees. And you can also back up your Google Cloud without paying any Google fees. So you're going to see the reviews of that and reviews of that software coming to you shortly. I think some of our prosumers and small businesses will be very interested in what those units have to offer. Uh, and we want to take a minute uh, to thank everyone who's uh, hung in here with us uh, yes. for this podcast. We want to thank you for listening, not just today, but oh, you know, since we've been doing this, uh, we appreciate the feedback uh, and the attention. Uh, we also want to say thank you uh, in the way, in the form of a giveaway. We're going to start bringing those back. Uh, my wife has been basically punching me uh, to get all the stuff in my closet out. Uh, I get a lot of review stuff. Uh, some of it I get to keep, some of it I have to send back. But for the stuff I keep, um, I want to share with you guys. Uh, so. Going forward, uh, I will have a better roadmap of what will be available and when. Uh, but the giveaways will be coming back, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're interested in uh, microphones, uh, docks, chargers, you, as you mentioned, storage, we I have a bunch of mini PCs. So for those of you who are revamping your workstations or getting ready for school and can't afford a dedicated laptop or whatnot, there are solutions and we're here to help. Uh, uh, we are establishing a, a relationship with uh, AT&T as far as uh, getting mobile stuff as well. So we'll see where that takes us in the future. But again, we want to let you guys know we appreciate you. We hope, Hopefully you appreciate us. Uh, and this is just one way for us to show that. Uh, where can people find you uh, on the internet these days? David, PHA1978, hanging out on, I'm going to call it Twitter. I still can't call it X. But, I think everyone else says, yeah. Yep. I'm on Twitter, David, PHA1978. Jump over there and say hello. Uh, I am minded one on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for me elsewhere, you can find me at Kareem Anderson on Instagram. Uh, same thing for threads. Uh, we mentioned, uh, we were talking a little bit ago about threads being on desktop. So those of you who are threads curious, uh, you can head over to the website, I believe, and then use Edge to make it a dedicated app, PWA, that sits in your uh, taskbar. So uh, maybe your usage of threads will go up and we could all just leave Twitter at some point hopefully uh with that being said we want to thank you guys for joining us for another week and get out of here leave us alone we'll see you next week have a good weekend folks <laughs>